0: Hello, and welcome to another CMO Convo, the podcast from CMO Alliance, where we tackle the big conversations going on around marketing with some of the world's brightest CMOs. Today, I'm speaking to Aaron McLean, CMO of eCenter, on the importance of bringing that human connection to your brand story through your employees. This episode brought to you by Deep Crawl. Savvy CMOs know that SEO has never been a more important part of their marketing mix. Ranking at the top of Google's search results has a direct impact on revenue by lowering customer acquisition costs, but content and keyword optimization is only part of the picture. Following recent search engine updates, your overall website health and technical performance are key to ranking well in 2021 and beyond. With DeepCrawl's all-in-one technical SEO and website health platform, your team will have the tools it needs to track your website's technical performance, improve page ranking, and stay top of mind with customers by staying top of the search results in Google. Join leading brands who already use DeepCrawl, including teams at Adobe, eBay, Twitch, PayPal, Microsoft, and Canva. Visit deepcrawl.com to ensure your brand reaches its full revenue potential through the one initiative most marketing teams overlook, technical SEO. Hi, Erin. Welcome to CMO Combo. How are you doing today?
1: I'm good. Thanks for having me, Well.
0: Well, thank you for being here. It's a a great uh, subject we're going to be speaking about today. It's all about brand stories, particularly the people behind brand stories. Because when a lot of people think about brands, they think about the logo, they think about a tagline. But really, it's, it's, it's about people as well. It's an important part of it. But before we get into that, let's talk about you for a second. Let's get into your background and what your role as a CMO is like at the moment.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, I come from an interesting background. My background's in team sport. I I grew up playing softball competitively, was always part of a team environment. And when it came time uh, to to pursue a career, I chose business and marketing in particular. Um, But I did uh, pursue a a specialization in human resources as well. I wanted to keep that people side really prominent. And I think as we chat today, we'll probably talk a lot about people, so it'll make sense. And, you know, when I pursued my career, I started out in telecommunications, always in an industry that was evolving and changing and tech focused. Um, I kind of ran the gamut of marketing roles uh, within the telecom space. I'm based in Toronto, Ontario, Canada, and work for one of the largest carriers here, uh, Bell, Canada. And did, you know, the typical things you do as a marketing coordinator, I was an installed based marketing specialist, sending text messages and emails. Um, I promoted add on features, tried to grow our average revenue per user and had a, a unique chance to work on some really great brand properties as part of um, the Bell Media portfolio. Um, Eventually transitioned to working in sport. My background as an athlete, you know, kind of drew me back into the sports world. And I had the opportunity to work at the Canadian Olympic Committee um, for just under two years while we prepared for the Vancouver Olympic Games um, back in 2010, which was really exciting. And then I got back into tech. I I joined Herjavec Group, which is a global managed security services firm, um, and led their marketing efforts over the course of about seven years, um, evolving our brand as we went from being a Canadian-only MSSP company to a a global presence um, and scaling our services along with that. And there was a really unique brand story to tell there because our our founder and CEO, Robert Herjavec, had such a personality and presence um, from being a dynamic entrepreneur and being known for, for being on television with Shark Tank. Um, just recently, about five months ago, I transitioned over to eSentire. We are a global managed detection and response provider, um, supporting a thousand organizations uh, across 70 countries worldwide. And a key reason why I joined ECENTIRE was because of the opportunity to tell that brand story. Um, we have such a strong reputation in the space for disrupting threats, preventing um, our customers from being impacted from zero-day attacks, just really doing good technical work, but the brand story was lacking, and so, you know, as we chat today, I know it's going to come up, but really showcasing the people behind the service and and the why um, is is incredibly important as a CMO that's what gets me excited I you want to try and sink your teeth into some meaty projects and get involved and really make a difference in a business and that's what uh, drew me to this opportunity here at ECENTIRE.
0: Awesome so why let's, let's go right to the basics shall we like why are brand stories so important like why is it important yeah. to have a story behind a brand and not just have a really cool logo and a really cool like product you've got to For have sure. a story now
1: Well, it's funny, there was always a reason. And I'll say the reason prior to, you know, the new world that we all live in would have been, you know, connection, understanding, connection, awareness, engagement, and all those key buzzwords that kind of help you move through a funnel and make you understand that you are resonating with your target audience, um, that you have perspective, and that you're helping move through a funnel of conversion, or I should say, evaluation, conversion, and then ideally a repeat purchase of whatever that looks like. Um, In order to do that, you have to build some affinity. You have to build stickiness. You have to build reputation and credibility. And that's all part of your brand. It's not just a logo, as you mentioned, right off the top. Um, But there are so many components of an aesthetic and uh, an overall brand development that support those those metrics, those stickinesses, those, uh, all that goodness, if I can say that. And so I would say that that is incredibly important and you do it in a number of different ways, but now even more so, uh, when so many of us are still working from home, when we are not connected, um, in the same office with our peers and our colleagues, having something that you can unite your entire team around a mission a vision, and, and having your brand be a reflection of that out into the market, but also internally, has never been more important. And so this is, you know, at eSentire, we kind of had a rally cry. We were going, we need to get everyone on the same page, truly understanding who we are, what we do, and why we're so great. Because it was also... It was an element of wanting to make sure that our customers felt validated in their choice of choosing us as their their trusted partner. It was an effort of um, making sure that our team members could really understand why they were still here. Why are they working here? What are they getting out of it? And why are they proud to do that? And I think a brand should be able to do that on both sides of the house, on the customer side and internally uh, for your your existing employees.
0: It's interesting to talk about both the internal and the external benefits of it, because it's when we think about the brand we do think of it as being like this this external projecting thing but it works internally as well like your brand messaging and your positioning can have a big effect on how your employees like act and behave and respond day-to-day to to challenges
1: completely and I think you know it it can run the negative gamut of you know kind of detracting from good work Um, if it's not exciting if it's not engaging um but I I fundamentally believe that your team is your greatest brand ambassadors. They have to be proud. They have to be, you know, out in the market positioning, whether it's on social media, whether it's the clothes they wear, whether it's just in their interactions with customers. And it's your role as a a chief marketing officer to make sure that people understand the messages and the why. Um, And, you know, we've gone through a transition at Eastentire where we are really trying to be more proud, more bold, more um, almost aggressive in terms of our positioning to really, reconfirm for the market and for our customers by us and it's funny uh, being Canadian I can make this joke I always say we are almost apologetically Canadian <laughs> where it's kind of like we don't want to be so strong in who we are and what we do but we we have to be you know, we are in such a competitive space in cybersecurity um, and our, our technology, our platform, our technical experts are too good that we would be doing them a disservice if we didn't, you know, stake that. Um, and so as we've, you know, evolved and looked at our messaging and looked at our differentiators, we came out very bold talking about being the authority in managed detection and response. And, you know, it's a small word, but that word held a lot of weight internally when people started to hear it, you could just see their shoulders go back. You could kind of, and on Zoom, not in person, but on Zoom, you could see them puff up a little bit and be like, you know what? Yeah, we really are. And that is, that is refreshing. And it should, a brand I feel should be able to lift you up and it should make you proud. Um, and that's important from an internal perspective when you're trying to build ambassadorship and trying to. Amplify what you do. You have to have your own team buy in.
0: And having that buy in from the team, having that team being part of telling the brand story also means that a lot, you see a lot of companies now building their branding around the employees, build, like making the employees an integral part yeah. of that. Like rather than just being like the brand story, like, oh, that the founders did something back in like, the 19th century or something and now it's a it's a real living story that involves people who are actually part of the company now like is that is that something you're trying to do like is that something you're trying
1: to encourage we're actually trying to do a little bit of both and it's a tricky balance because um so we're a 20 year old business which in managed detection response kind of makes you a dinosaur and I don't say that to say that we're dinosaurs we're certainly like on like the cutting edge of what we do um we've been doing iterations of this for a long time, and that's great because it means that we have a story history and a proven track record of success, and we continue to evolve and innovate. Um, but there's a balance of telling an origin story and being really proud of your truthfully humble and entrepreneurial beginnings, balancing that with We have a phenomenal industry-leading platform. We are private equity-backed. We are scaling on a global scale. And how you balance those two almost personas is important because you want to give that nod always to your roots. And in our case, our origins and financial services and the hedge fund space and the private equity space. But you want to say, we're operating globally. We've built an incredible business that is capable of supporting thousands of customers and making a real difference each and every day. So you've kind of got to dance that line a little bit honestly um and one of the things that's so important as you really look at the why from a service perspective is it's very easy to just out a bunch of bullets and a bunch of statements being like our platform's the best we do this we ingest this many signals every day we you know disrupt attackers all the time it's true but having individuals on the team showcasing their abilities, telling their stories and really giving a face to what we do every day is so, so important. Um, so it's a huge focus of ours is elevating our internal team, uh, talking about the, you know, their promotions, their certifications, talking about the successes that they've had on behalf of our customers. And then on the flip side, getting our customers to talk about us. And it's, it's a delicate balance. We're in a space where you know information is extremely confidential as it should be cyber attacks are not something you want to be uh, prominently known for certainly but i think that there is that that really delicate balance about partnership about creating a sense of you know a proactive defense um and about being proud of, of who you're partnered with and working with and so we try to bring people into it from uh, an internal perspective to tell their own success stories um, but also uh, on the, the customer side to get them to to also share their experiences with us, and that's something we're just starting. It's it's important um, as we grow our brand that that becomes kind of a, a pillar for us to tell those personal stories.
0: You mentioned uh, putting a face on on what you do. Like, it's something that we're seeing more and more as people wanting more of a, a personal connection with brands, whether it's in B two C or the B two B space. Like, people need that that personal connection what's caused that like why do people need that personal connection with brands now Like, then like is there something that is there like a moment that caused it or is it just something that's naturally like progressed into it do you think that's
1: such a good question um I, I honestly think it's just a little bit about what we expect as an overall society today like if you think of how we engage on Twitter where we have the opportunity to all just be part of a global conversation at any moment of the day, you can engage. You can find out what people's perspective is, and you can you can uh, take part in that and share yours if you if you choose to. Brands are now kind of intermingling, you know, the B two C, B two B space, and we expect more of companies. We expect a level of um, perspective. We expect a level of you know, kind of just basic human kindness and we were not as willing to accept, um, indifference and, uh, you know, I'll I'll say it like this. We almost expect our brands to opt in. Like, I think we expect companies that we want to engage with as a consumer base, even if it's in a B2B space, you need a little more, you need to know what's behind it, the why. Um, because I, I, you know, I'll speak from a cyber perspective, it's such a busy market. There's so much business happening. There's so much MNA activity happening, and there's so many options that it truly is a privilege when a customer chooses you. And so you really need to explain who, what, where, why, how, and it fundamentally at the end of the day, there's a lot of trust that is coming into a service provider relationship. And so the people are critical to that because you need to know who is behind protecting your business if we're acting as a true extension of your team. Um, And it's funny because that I would say comes in a little bit closer at the end of the funnel um, because you're actually engaged and you're talking to a customer. That's a hard message to get necessarily at the top, Mm -hmm. Um, but you want to create a certain level of, you know, those people's stories as well when you're in the the awareness phase. And that, you know, typically comes from thought leadership, sharing perspective, making sure that you are, um, informing the greater industry and showing like collaboration. Um, I think that that's really, really important. And what, you know, what we're talking about here is interesting because it's, we, it's something we talk about internally. There's a balance of how much do you just need to get the service right and be excellent at what you do versus how much do you need to tell your story? Um, and you know, where are you going to spend your dollars? Where are you going to prioritize your people's time? Where are you going to elevate yourself in the market? And that's it's a tricky balance, but I think every brand comes to a point where they need to showcase how good they are or their why. Um, and so it can't just be, it's a spectrum. It can't just be about one or the other. Um, and that's where you're noticing Nissan Tires kind of made that pivot a little bit. We focus so, so much as rightfully so on developing service developing technology and now we're saying let's be proud of it and talk about who we are what we do and how great our people are
0: so how, how did you go about deciding that's what needs to be done like was it an mm-hmm. internal meeting or was that something that you did an assessment <laughs> <make of>? meeting. <laughs> time
1: like, to do it yeah you know, it happens over time I think um I will say we at ECENTIRE, we're really focused on getting customer feedback and on continuously improving. And so we have a customer advisory board that meets on a quarterly basis. And one of the key points of feedback from that board was make it easier for me to sell eCentire internally. Showcase yourselves, get on the right lists, help my board or my CEO understand why I chose you and why I made a good decision. And so hearing that from some of our top customers, I think made everyone internally realize we've got to pivot our focus a little bit to make sure that who we are and what we do is simple, that it's digestible. And that's also key. I, you know, we've had an incredible marketing organization and product marketing organization for a really, really long time, but it was to providing really technical content. And so sometimes for that executive level audience that needed to just understand, you know, the, the crux of, of who we are and what we do again, it was going over their heads a little bit. And so we have to balance that and make sure that we're providing really digestible information um, and kind of owning our place on what are some of those key industry themes and topics that we can be a part of without making a hard sell. Like, how can we contribute to what's going on in the cybersecurity landscape um, and, and provide insight, provide information, provide original research? and not necessarily go, now come buy MDR from us. (laughs) You know, that's not what this is all about um, from a a pure brand perspective. And we've done that in a few different ways. We have, coming back to stories, we have a threat response unit, uh, we call the True Team, so TRU. and they are doing original research. They're building content for our customers every day. They are um, doing proactive threat hunts. And this is a team that we are working closely with from a marketing perspective. So you take your most creative people and you take your most technical people, you marry them together, and you're able to get incredible research, original reports, and you know, sound bites from a media perspective that are so, so valuable because we can share with you know, the press, what we're seeing and the kinds of attacks that we're seeing, the ransomware gangs that we're stopping and give true insight to what's really going on on the dark web. That's incredible. And it also showcases, you know, the power of our team. It showcases the type of work we do on behalf of customers. And it's, it's a huge, a huge differentiator for eSentire overall. So to be able to tell that story is a way that we can kind of bring the service, the technology, and a unique brand position uh, to the market that gets our customers excited. Because you know, when you're featured on CNN talking about cybersecurity and ransomware, when you're featured in the Wall Street Journal, that's an easy thing for a customer to go to their boss and say, "See, I told you these guys were good." And you want to you want to give them those opportunities as much as you can.
0: Finding that find that balance has got to be tricky, though. Like. Mm. I've, I've spoken to a few CMOs from tech companies, um, at this point on this, on this show. And one of the things they find when they're, particularly when they're coming into a new role at a tech company is how feature driven a lot of the marketing is, how much the, the, the devs want to see their features and boast about them. Yeah. Was there any, I don't need to throw anyone under the bus or anything like this, but <laughs> was there any resistance internally when you were talking about this new approach, when you're trying to find that new balance?
1: No, you know what? And I, I think because, um, Addie's entire, we are a very feature-rich company. I, I share that. And I, I love that about the business. I would say one of the key priorities and areas that marketing could support in is communicating those features and explaining the value adds that were coming out of all of the service enhancements and, and platform enhancements. Um, so there's certainly a role to play in showcasing the why. And I think that's always, whenever you get it so deep into product, it's, it needs to pivot from what are we proud of to why should a customer care? And what's in it for the customer? And that was an area um, of huge focus for us to be able to communicate very, very clearly to customers. This is what's coming, this is why you chose us, this is why you're gonna stay with us and this is what you need to do next as part of how we're continuing to protect your environment. And so I, I think marketing has a huge role to play in that and that is not, diminishing um at all kind of the brand presence and the brand messaging it's it's an add-on it's something you have to do in addition
0: and having that having that meaning behind it and that that sort of value-added proposition it's a lot easier to sell when there's people involved like if you're just some big monolith there some big like some big logo saying we can help you it doesn't come across as genuine unless there's an actual person involved the person that you can connect with the person you can actually form an emotional connection with yeah How have you been trying to drive that message? How have you been trying to enhance that message within your marketing?
1: Yeah, um, in a few different means. So you have to give people an opportunity to connect and understand the people behind those messages. So we do a lot of webinar activity. um, We do a lot of blog posting. We do LinkedIn lives um, and we're creating more and more video content. And, you know, in, in today's landscape, we're doing a lot of this on demand. So people have the opportunity to go back and watch and consume that content in their own time. Um, we're also trying to create experiences where we can answer customer questions. So doing things very transparently, like having uh, two roadmap sessions a year where we show here's, what's been completed. Here's where we're headed as an organization. Here's the services you need to know about. Um, and, and that trails into a really robust customer success model. And so we have prioritized as a business, a new model that involves what we call a cyber risk advisor. And, you know, yes, that can be a very marketing-oriented brand proposition. Cyber Risk Advisor, it sounds great. It is clearly intuitive in terms of it's an individual who's there to reduce your risk. But fundamentally, that's our job. As your managed detection and response provider, we have to disrupt threats in your environment, make you safer, let you know what's going on, and reduce your risk. We have to show some kind of ROI to you. Uh, in terms of your investment and your security posture. And so it's one example of how a marketing message can make its way all the way into the c- customer success model, because now our model is, is focused on reducing risk. It involves quarterly service reviews, it involves infrastructure reviews, it involves a risk score that we actively produce a report for customers on and help them kind of navigate through how to reduce that risk score and improve their overall security. And so, you know, it. It has to be consistent. It has to translate all the way down. And, you know, it's one thing to hear the message at the, the top of that funnel. And then if it stops when you have engagement with our people, it's no longer effective. And so making sure that everyone that the customers do would get the opportunity to engage with, whether it's in a marketing event, um, a piece of collateral or a video or whatever, or the actual day-to-day interaction has to have a level of consistency. And that's been what was really easy to adopt actually from an eSentire perspective, because we were, we were already doing so much of it. It was just about bringing those uh, pieces together.
0: So was the like was, was the a master document created to, to tell everyone how they're supposed <laughs> to communicate to, with everything? Like, Does everyone have like a script telling them like how to stay on message or is it, um, is it about changing attitudes?
1: It's, well, one, it's never done. And it's never easy um it's you do a lot of road shows and a lot of presentations and a lot of team meeting involvement you drop in and you talk to people and you make sure you're kind of reiterating the same thing over and over again um we absolutely created a kind of a master brand copy document and then each team works from that and kind of looks at it and goes how can i influence my scripting from a sales development perspective or from a customer uh, success perspective what do we need to change and trust me, you know, it's never fun being the team that inherits a new CMO and goes, oh great, now everything's going to be different. She's going to change the colors and the logo is going to be new. I can change the logo, but to did change the colors. Um, and like you have so many things to evolve and change And that you, there's a period of mess where, you know, half of the assets are done and the other half aren't. And it's in that moment, you need people to stick with you and you need them to understand that the message and the direction and the overall positioning is going to be worth it. And we've been very fortunate. I think the team has really, again, rallied behind the position and the the look and feel. They're excited about it. And we're seeing it resonate in the market with customers. And so that helps everybody. Uh, our poor creative team is in overload. <laughs> they are going, oh gosh, there's more assets.
0: Are they ever uh, Kate, happy creative? Are they ever happy with the amount of work? know, you
1: know, but the, they are loving the aesthetic, which is good. Um, but it's, it's about get you, here's the one thing I'll say, you can never overemphasize a brand message to your team. You need to hear it 10 times over and then you need to hear it on repeat. So it's it's consistent. It's about saying it over and over and over again um, and realizing it's gonna ebb and flow. You, you, as much as you're saying it, you've gotta listen. You've gotta hear what the team comes up with. And all of the, the propositions that we have um, introduced as we started this new brand launch, being the authority and managed detection and response, showcasing that we do so much more than the market's capability and response. Um, we actually that that definition of uh, came out of a brainstorm across our product marketing team and our uh, chief evangelist uh, Mark Sangster. and we were chatting about, you know, we only are in response, we do that much more in terms of taking an incident to resolution, how can we showcase that, you know, the R is more than just MDR, it's response, it's remediation. And I think I, I'm not going to claim that. So I'll say somebody else said, <laughs> well, at the end of the day, it's about providing results. And we kind of went, that's what it is, it's MDR cubed, we do more than MDR, we deliver MDR cubed response, remediation and results. And so telling the team that story and getting them involved and getting them excited that there's a tangible output from a brand message. You can see it. People use it because they actually believe in it. And so, you know, making sure those stories live on in the business is really important.
0: Definitely. I mean, it's one of the, one of the overlooked parts of being a CMO is employee ha- having a happy team, having a, a team that's yeah. happy to be creative, to be involved in the story, to tell the story. What steps can CMOs take to really encourage that amongst the mm. workers, like to get them happy to be telling the story? Like what, what were the big steps that you took?
1: Yeah. Um, I think first and foremost is get, is continuously keeping people engaged, having them understand where it's coming from and having them give feedback and iterate on the process. Um, I also think that you don't know everything. You don't know if you, especially if you're new, you don't know the history. You don't know what you've, what's been tried. You really need to listen and you need to be open to different perspectives. Um, you know, for example, I had in one of my very first creative reviews with the team where they were kind of introducing one of some of the concepts for color palette. They had this super bright magenta <laughs> that was there. My gut reaction was, No, (laughs) like, what are you doing? That is, we're cybersecurity. We are red, black, gray, dark, blue. We are not magenta. Like it is not something that we, you would typically see um, in our space. And, you know, I kind of voiced a little bit and then I stepped back and was like, give me the why, like help me understand what this is gonna do for you and what it opens up to you creatively. And I was blown away. Like the, the perspective that the team had, what they were really hungry for like the talent is there. And I think the biggest thing you need to realize as a CMO is it's not only up to you. You've got to build a team that compliments you. You've got to build a team that uh, is collaborative and creative, but you've got to let them do their jobs and listen to them because I've been blessed with a super incredible uh, group of people. And we've, we've made some great hires too, but the talent that was here was awesome. And it's a credit to them that we've already been able to make as many strides as we have.
0: Because as you said, like having people engage with the brand story gets you through, gets you through the tough times. Like it's been a tough yeah. time for businesses everywhere. Like if people don't care about brand stories for the company they worked in the last year, like it would have been absolutely awful for them, I assume. Especially working from home, being stuck in, stuck away from like co-workers who might have like helped them out through certain tough times. Like yeah. without having that engagement, it's got to be really, really tough.
1: Yeah, and it's that element of you know. We're talking about the brand story, but it's also how you live the brand every day. Um, what are the elements that are true to your culture, that are true to the business, that you can replicate in the environment where you're not seeing each other every day? You know, did you have a weekly lunch? Did you, you know, used to send packages to your team on their anniversaries? Did you? I don't know. Whatever those, you know, kind of fun, surprise, and delight moments are. This has been a long haul. And you've had to find ways to engage with your team and with your customers really genuinely. Um, And I I think that those that have shown the capability of adapting are gonna be the most successful in retaining their talent um, and and continuing to grow overall. And that's where, uh, that's one of our key focuses is just making sure everybody's on the same page. They're understanding the direction. Um, They're clearly communicated to where we try to be very, very transparent. and results and performance wins and all that kind of stuff, and you know, at the end of the day, that has to be part of the brand.
0: And, and it's not just going to be sort of like a, a flash in the pan, flash in the pandemic. I'm going to coin that phrase right now: flash in the pandemic. Yeah. Um, like it's it's up. That's
1: good. yeah, <laughs> thank you, thank you.
0: It's, it's it's gonna it's gonna continue, isn't it? Like more and more people are gonna be working from home. We'll be working remotely. So having this sort of driving brand story is gonna be even more important moving forward. Like it's not just gonna be something we've had to deal with in twenty twenty. Like yeah. it's gonna be something that we're gonna have to continuously evolve and continuously engage re engage with.
1: Well, that's just it. We've. All accepted a new way of doing business, a new way of interacting, a new way of connecting, and I think it goes back to we also have uh, different expectations of, of, you know, what is convenient, what is productive, um, and what do we expect from the brands we engage with. There is still a difference in, uh, I would say, B two B and B two C engagement from brands. I think that we do have different expectations of, you know, a service provider in the cybersecurity space than we do of. Um, I'm holding a Starbucks fund Like, then our, you know, where we buy our coffee every day. There's a difference. You kind of expect different things, but I, I think fundamentally, that's why even if a brand isn't going so far as to jump into, um, you know, a complete global ecosystem of conversation, they have a job to do for their employees, and they have a job to do internally for the people that work there that support the business and we have to prioritize brand ambassadorship internally um, no matter the environment
0: so perhaps there's one final thing erin sort of like to wrap everything up let's say a cmo is stepping into a completely new a completely new position like they never worked the company before they're not familiar with the brand what are the best resources to start building a brand story around like where should they go who should they speak to
1: everyone. <laughs> no, they should. Um, So I think uh, there's a couple of things I would recommend in that case. And I had some great advice from a leader I worked with at Bell, um, who gave me a, a great book. Her name is Jackie Fook. She gave me an incredible book about the first 90 days of a new executive role. And it has served me well many times. And it is about really understanding the strategic pillars of your role. And keeping them in the back of your mind as you go in to start this new position because you're going to get overwhelmed you're going to have two weeks of conversation of meetings of people telling you what they need from you and that's all accurate and you have to absorb that and you have to listen first but in the back of your mind you've got to keep your pillars and your program there you were hired for a reason you have expertise don't get lost in all of the craziness off the bat um but i will say starting with a sense of, from a marketing perspective, starting with sales, understanding how they are going to market, what the customer is looking for, what the leadership team is needing, lacking, hungry for, or loving um, is important. And I I say that because there are things that you don't wanna break. There are things that are working well that you can complement, that you can continue to elevate. Um, So don't just, you know, bust it all up. sales is key. Uh, Leadership from an executive perspective, whether it's a CEO, a COO, a founder, whatever that role is, understanding the true vision. And then I would say talking to customers, get yourself in front of a handful of customers, understand why they love the business, why they are a customer, what they're looking for. Um, What avenue did they come into the business in? You know, was it online? Was it uh, through a channel partner? Like why? Um, If you start there and then of course meet with your team, meet with Um, you know, some members of the the greater leadership team, um, you'll get a very good sense of where the secret sauce is in the business, where those diamonds in the rough are, um, and where you have some challenges that you've got to to address. Once you're able to, to kind of assess that situation and you can map it to some of your, ideally, you know, your marketing ops metrics and get a sense of what's really happening from a marketing performance standpoint, you'll be able to put a more robust plan together. But those first two weeks should be conversation, sales, customers, executive leadership, and then your own team. A lot of listening.
0: Awesome. Thank you very much, Aaron. Thank, thank you very much, Erin. That, that's great advice, I think, definitely for any, for any CMO, whether you're a veteran stepping into a new position or just stepping into your very first CMO role. Yeah. Um, thank you very much for joining us today, Aaron. Um, been a really great conversation. I'm sure our listeners will enjoy it too. Um, and thank you for listening, and we'll be back soon with more CMO combos.